0: Welcome to Rad Reading, a bookish podcast where the R stands for Refresh and the D stands for Discover, and where we try to help you do those two things for your reading life. I'm Ronnie Lauren, a best-selling romance author who likes her reading life to be big on variety and full of complicated characters. And I'm Don Alexander, an indie editor who never met a whodunit she didn't want to solve
1: or an intricate plot she didn't want to untangle. We are two very different readers, but two
0: very good friends who love to talk books. Join us as we tackle reading roadblocks, give our best bookish tips, and of course, recommend all the great reads that have kept us turning the pages that week. Let's get started. Welcome back to Rad Reading. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Dawn. And this week for you, we have a reading upgrade week. So each week, if you're new to the podcast, have themes. So this week is our reading upgrade. Dawn, why don't you tell us what a reading upgrade is? reading
1: upgrade is something that's going to make the reading fun. It's a way to expand your reading life or your bookish life that isn't necessarily related to actually reading a book,
0: but it's something that's an extension of that. Yes. And so some of our episodes are going to be very book recommendation heavy, like our last episode for seasonal reading was lots of book recommendations. But today we get to do something fun with book journaling. So We're hoping that you're going to listen to this and everybody's going to run out and start their own reading journal. But so our upgrade for the week is how to start a reading journal. And Dawn, are you like a journaling person in general? Do you like journals? Not really.
1: I like buying journals and looking at pretty journals. When I was younger, I tried journaling all the time, but we had a bit of a privacy issue at my house and my mom would constantly quote unquote, find them and read them. And since I was already a writer, even back then, not everything that was in that journal was true, but trying to explain that to my mom, who was very not writer-ish that, no, I really didn't do exactly what it says I did in there, that became an issue. And then I got really tired of getting grounded for things that I didn't really do. So eventually I kind of gave it up. And now that everything has come back with bullet journaling and planner journaling and all the different ways to do it, I'm really excited to get into it again.
0: Yeah, I've, I'm a journal aspirer, if that's a word. So just like we talked about in the DNF episode about being a chronic finisher, that, you know, I was a chronic finisher of books. I'm a chronic starter of journals. So throughout my life, I always loved The Pretty Notebook. I like the idea of journaling. It seems so like romantic and Victorian, you know, to be sitting and writing my thoughts. And um, now my mom would have never peeked at mine because she knows how how boring my life was as a teenager. (laughs) So she would have been like, that would have been a snooze. So she never would have looked because there would have never been anything interesting in it, um, except me angsting about things probably. But So I've started lots and lots and lots of journals and they all have about five to seven pages filled in. And then they're put aside and then because the notebook is now sullied that notebook is dead to me so it, right you
1: can't use it you can't, <laughs> it can't add non-journaling things to a journaling no notebook. it had a
0: purpose so it can't be repurposed um but the one thing that i have been able to journal and keep consistently is a reading journal so i've kept it since 2016. i've written down every book that i've read my thoughts on it uh, my reading challenges and we'll get into all the details of what mine looks like but That's the one journal my whole life that I've been able to stick with and be consistent with and never miss a book. Um, So that's why I'm really excited to talk about reading journals today because I'm a complete nerd for them.
1: Well, and the basics of a reading journal is that it is just a private place for you to write down your thoughts about what you're reading. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. It doesn't have to be anything you're ever going to share. We are going to share some of our reading journals on the Facebook page so that you can see what ours look like and really compare the differences between me and Ronnie because we are finding out we are very different people. But it's just The idea is to make it fun. It's not supposed to be a chore. Nobody is going to check off whether or not you did it.
0: It's just to expand your reading life. Right. And you don't have to sound eloquent. You don't have to, you know, make full sentences. Like, for instance, Dawn does kind of bullet style like thoughts about the books. Um, And then I write like more of a paragraph style. So, whatever works for you that's going to help you remember the book, that's the beauty of the journal is that it's private. So, as a writer, that's why I went to it first. Um, I was on Goodreads when I was, you know, aspiring to be a published author. And I used to put, you know, reviews on there and review on my blog and different things. And then I realized once I was published that it's real awkward if you don't like somebody's book and you write this like not so great review on Goodreads. And then you have to sit with them at the next book signing for three hours or something. (laughs) So, you know, it can get really, really awkward really fast. So, I needed some place because I, I need to process my thoughts about a book after I read it. Like, I just have to do that. So where can I do that? That's not in a public forum. And that's what got me started on the reading journal. Because at the time, I didn't see a lot of them out there. It wasn't like an Instagram thing or any of that. So it was kind of like, what can I do to, to have a private space to, to think about books and to process what I read? So that's what led me to it first.
1: Well, and I'm excited to start this because as an editor, I work a lot with indie authors, and this is a very small world, so I don't review books publicly at all anymore. I used to review for NetGalley. I used to do reviews on my blogs before I started working as an editor, and there's just always some kind of connection to somebody, And it can go either way. I know we talked about the idea of you don't want to ever put out a negative review because you might end up having to sit next to that person at the next book signing. But also, if you have a super positive gushing review about a book, and then another uh, client is looking at that and being like, oh, well, okay, I didn't like that book. So this probably isn't the right editor for me. It can go either way on the positive and negative side.
0: Plus with Goodreads, people can comment on your reviews. Mm-hmm. Which can lead to Goodreads drama, which nobody wants Goodreads drama. Right, <laughs> especially Goodreads writers. drama is bad. Yeah, especially <laughs> writers and editors, we do not want Goodreads drama. Um, so the privacy part is a huge advantage. And another advantage of the reading journal is if you are of a certain age, like I am, um, I have a terrible memory. So I forget the books that I read, I forget the books that I write. <laughs> So when readers come up to me and are like, "I loved your book so and so," and this, I love this specific scene, and I can't remember that scene at all. I can't even remember the hero's name sometimes. So I have to dump a book, like empty the recycle bin after every book, and make room for new stories. So that's kind of what I do when I read as well. Like I've read it all, and I usually read fast, so I've read it all in you know two or three days, taking it all in, and then I'm moving on to the next book. I have to empty all of that out. So. Writing it down, my my thoughts about the book, my little notes about the plot, will trigger my memory when I'm like, "What was that book about? Why do I want to recommend it? Or why do I want to tell my friend about it?" And especially now that we're doing this podcast, and I'm going to be recommending books to you guys, I'll be very happy that I have been keeping a reading journal because otherwise, Ronnie's reviews would sound like, "Um, it was real good. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked it." Um, Don't know why and don't remember why, but I know I liked it. So the fact that I have details that I can go and search up and look and access is really, really beneficial for me Um, and has kept me, you know, with a a richer reading life because I don't just have all these, like, I kind of like that. I don't remember why I liked it. I have a record of why I liked it. Well, and we
1: have a slight um, difference of opinion on this and that is okay. I don't feel like you have to journal every book that you read. Ronnie
0: just clutched her pearls. Y'all can't see it. <laughs> but if I had pearls, they would be clutched. <laughs> okay, John. It, well, why don't you record every book? Well, first I have to say,
1: we make notes for this podcast and they're in a shared document where we can both make comments. And it literally says next to my note about, I think it's important to point out that you don't have to journal every book that you read. Ronnie's note literally says, gasp, faints. <laughs> so difference of opinion. I remember books that I read and that's part of my job is because I work with many authors at at the same time and I have to keep their storyline straight. I do keep notes on that. I'm looking at this more as finding what did I really, really like and what did I really, really not like. And so I'm looking for that feeling and discovering the pattern that's going to go with that. So I don't feel like you have to fully journal. I should say every book, that you read. I have we have come to a compromise that I will write down every book that I read. So I have a list of them, but I don't have to do a full page journal on them.
0: Yes, I think everybody has their own thing. So I'm not going to be too judgy, too judgy. Um, but but I think the list is good because Dawn will we'll talk about how our journals are going to look or how mine looks and how Dawn's new one looks. Um, and we have very different styles. Hers are very decorative and, you know, she's putting stickers and, and things that take more time. So if she had to do that for every book she read, that would get tedious. Mine, it's very bare bones, What I, you know, kind of the style of how I write out the the reviews. So for me, it doesn't take, but, you know, five or 10 minutes to write down a book. So that, you know, isn't a big hurdle for me, but if you're going to do the pretty decorative kind of scrapbooking style or anything like that, if you don't want to review every book, it's it's Okay. It's, it's okay. But <laughs> y'all
1: can't see her face while she's saying this. I can see her face. She totally does not think it's okay. Not I'm just okay. letting you know.
0: It's <laughs> not okay. It, it's okay. But um, I would recommend keeping a list of at least the book title in the author and the day you read it so that you know that you've read it. Um, or if you want to keep a digital list in like Goodreads or something without the reviews and stuff, just a running list, that can be easy way to do it too. But yeah, different strokes for different folks. I understand Um, but it is something that is only for you. So whatever information you're looking for, for instance, Dawn's memory is good. She doesn't have to worry about forgetting books. I do. So I have to be more detailed in mine. So whatever your situation is, you can customize it um, to how it works for you. So we're going to get into the nitty gritty of how we journal and what stuff we use, but just know that there's no right way to do it. Just like there's no way right way to read, you know, or write it's, all going to be unique and personalized to you so and you can
1: look back at it and it's going to give you kind of a map of your reading life Mm -hmm. and we talked in the um, first episode which was our dnf episode about finding out what patterns fit you what do you really like and what do you not really like and uh, many years ago, Jennifer Lynn Barnes gave a talk at RWA called Writing to Your Id, which is supposed to be some kind of psychological part of you that grasps onto things that you really love. And so we're not talking about writing in this podcast, but you can do the same thing with reading of, that's why I'm leaning into, I want to journal about the things I really enjoy and the ones I really didn't like. And I'm hoping to start seeing a pattern there of what my id craves.
0: Right, because like we talked about in the DNF episode, the best way to kind of you know improve your reading life if you're getting a lot of books that you don't like is learning what is pushing those buttons. So if it's your id or whatever, um, I do have a master's degree in social work. I do, do know what the id is, so I'm saying whatever, but I do know. <laughs> Just not a Freudian you know, person, but yeah. So if you can document what you're reading and document why you liked it. And so for instance, if you're reading a romance and you're like, I didn't like this because the conflict was a big miscommunication, meaning if they just talked to each other, if they just sat down in a room and said whatever it was, then you wouldn't have a book. A lot of people don't mind that. A lot of people don't like it. I'm not a big fan of the big miscommunication plot. So if I note that in my review, I know when I see it next time, like you know, in somebody else's review of a book or on the back cover or something and i can say oh no i have already learned that i read this book this book and this book and they had that kind of plot and i i gave it you know two or three stars so you can kind of track what you like and get better at you know a more refined taste i guess for you personally so
1: Well, and you get into a little bit deeper of what you really enjoy. Like you mentioned, you remember how the book makes you feel. Why did you feel it that way? Mm -hmm. And you also can get into why did you feel the rage about this book? Uh, That happens to me often with some of my thriller and suspense books. And that's something I think we're going to have to do an episode on later is getting out that okay no we had never met this character he just popped up at the end and you're telling me he's the killer getting all of that out I think it's healthy you need to expend that and Kindles get really expensive when you keep throwing them across the room <laughs> so this is a, a different outlet for that emotion
0: yeah and I can tell you for sure that my one star reviews in my journal are sometimes the longest ones because I'm just book ranting so and offended <laughs> you know that they wrote this book or, you know, picked this is the killer or whatever it is. Um, yeah. So it does feel good and cathartic to write all that out and know that no one's going to read it. So I can be as, you know, fully myself <laughs> in my rage <laughs> as I want to be. Um, so that really is a fun thing to do um, It does feel cleansing. But and the other thing is not practical at all, but it is just fun is you get to play with pins and stickers We're grownups. Most of y'all who are listening to this, I assume are grownups too. And sometimes we get a little too serious and sometimes we need stickers in our life. So I'm very pro sticker. Um, And Dawn is learning. She was talking about to me that on the Instagram, everybody with their bullet journals, she's like, how are they writing everything so neatly? And how are the lines all so straight or the circles so perfect? And she figured out something, Dawn, what'd you figure out? (laughs) I figured out there is these amazing things called
1: stencils (laughs) because I seriously thought these people had more artistic talent and some of them do. Some of them are just amazing. They have more artistic talent than I could ever imagine having in my life. And then I discovered stencils. Okay, so two things I want to talk about is that before we started recording, my mail arrived and I made my husband go out to the mailbox and... I had got a brand new packet of stickers that I had ordered. And so we had to pause and wait on the recording so I could show Ronnie all my new stickers. And I have stencils arriving this weekend. So I'm so excited to get to actually play with those. And I too will be making perfect circles.
0: (laughs) Yes, I do have a stencil that I'm gonna recommend later. So I have been using the stencil and I'm sorry that I didn't share that. I was using stencils (laughs) but I really can't draw a perfect square or circle.
1: It was one of those, I was today's years old when I found out that grownups use stencils in their journals.
0: Right, right. So why don't we get into like the nuts and bolts. So we've hopefully convinced you that reading, you know, putting a reading journal together is worthwhile. But where do you start? What are you going to capture in your journal? What is that going to look like? Um, So. Like I said, I've been doing it for five years. So I can tell you what I have found to be helpful to me. And Dawn is kind of starting her journey. So she's going to figure it out as she goes and sees, you know, what works for her and what doesn't. Um, but Dawn, what do you plan to capture in yours? Mine, of course, you need
1: your title. You need your author. Um, I like to know when I read it, because I think that's important to look at. If I didn't like it, what was going on in my life? If I look back at this a year from now and I'm like, oh, I hated that book, I might be able to connect it to some kind of event that I don't realize because I'm in the middle of it right now. Um, The genre is kind of important to me, but sometimes the genres are so fluid that that's a little harder to
0: nail down. Yeah. And I capture all of those things. So I definitely do title, author, genre, and date finished. A lot of people like to capture date started because they want to see how long it took them to read. Um, For me, that isn't important to me. So I don't, you know, I feel like that's almost pressure to me. (laughs) How long did I take to read this? Um, So that doesn't, you know, go in my journal, but the date finish definitely does. And um, the genre thing, because they're fluid, I usually put like genre slash something. So I'll put like mystery slash dark academia slash whatever. If I am doing a reading challenge and I do a couple every year, usually I make my own reading challenges. I have the read wide challenge this year. And the TBR challenge this year, which are both on my blog if anybody's interested, um, for setting it up for next year. But those I will record that I did it for this, you know, this book is counting for the TBR challenge, or this book is counting for this category of the read-wide challenge. And then I do have pages for those challenges that are my more decorative pages that I use stencils for. So I have little boxes to fill in that I use the stencil for. Um, But on my basic page is title, author. the length of um, the book, so pages or the length of the audio book. I don't know why I record that, but I just feel like I need to. (laughs) So I do. (laughs) I always have. I don't know why. And then um, my star rating and then the uh, person who recommended it to me or the website that recommended it to me. That's new. I haven't done that for all the years and I wish I had because you can find your recommenders. I think we talked about this on the seasonal reading episode, but you'll find that this podcaster has similar taste to me or she has opposite taste of me. So I know that when she likes the book, it's usually not going to be for me or whatever it is. And I have found a couple of different you know, sources that this person or this website or this newsletter gives me great recommendations. This, you know, person usually gives me ones that I know are not for me. So that actually is good information too. So I'm starting to record that now, but I've only started doing that this year. So Dawn, do you care who recommended it to you? Is that going to be something that's, I probably, that wasn't something I had considered
1: recording. I probably should, but a lot of my books come from clients. Mm -hmm. So it's going, they're not necessarily recommendations. Right, right. And do you have a rating system? (laughs) Okay. So this is where y'all are going to hear a thud. And this is Ronnie completely falling out of her chair and fainting, because I do not have a rating system. And I didn't have a rating system when I was blogging about books on my blog. I did for NetGalley because you were required to, you had to rate them a certain amount of stars. As a former teacher, I get too bogged down in setting up the criteria because you had to set up a grading scale And I realized that that was really, I was spending way too much time thinking about, is this a four star or a three star? Well, I would make it a three and a half star, but I really don't know. So I decided several years ago when I was doing reviews on my blogs that I would not have a rating system. And again, y'all can't see this, but Ronnie is clutching her pearls and trying to breathe through this moment. Because she has a rating system that literally made my eyes start twitching whenever I started reading over it. So tell us about your
0: rating system, Ronnie. First of all, I'm shocked and appalled that you don't read your books. Um, That's why this makes it interesting, right? Because that's why we're on a podcast together. We can give different opinions and different perspectives. Yes, I have a very detailed rating system. I know you were all shocked. (laughs) But I go to 0.25 on my stars system. On the scale, Dawn is laughing at me. Um, so I will tell you my scale. If y'all are interested, um, this is how I do mine. You can do whatever scale you want. And if you want a guideline, if you go on Goodreads and you like highlight the stars when you're looking at a book, it'll tell you what their scale is for one, two, three, four, and five. Um, I don't agree totally with their scale. Also, I know y'all are shocked by that, but my scale is five stars is... I'm very picky about my five-star ratings, like super, super picky. So only a few books a year, get a five-star. It means I loved it. It means I'm gonna keep it on my favorite shelf. Um, if I read it in Kindle or from the library, I'm probably gonna buy my own copy of it so I can have it on my shelf. So the five-star is like the Oscar-winning you know, book in my rating scale. So I usually have somewhere between five to maybe 10 in a good year that I'll get five stars. Um, and then I have four to 4.75. So that means see that's what made my eyes start twitching. <laughs> that's
1: what I was like 4.7. How do you decide if it's a 4.72 or if
0: it's a 4.75? Well, I don't go 7.2. I go seven. F- it's in quarters. So quarter oh, okay. stars. yes, but 4.75. The reason why I didn't get a five usually means they like missed one little thing. So it might be, they didn't stick the landing, right? Like they didn't get the ending perfect. So I was loving it the whole time. And then one little thing like irritated me then it's 4.75. So it means I really enjoyed it. I would go and get that other that author's next book. You know, I'm going to look to read them again. So anywhere in the four to 4.75, I'm looking at that author again for another book. So I really, really liked it if it gets a four and above. Um, 3.5 to 3.75 is my last zone that is a successful book. So 3.5 and up means it was successful for me. Um, so this means I mostly liked it. I'd give the author another chance. Um, if the next book seems interesting to me, but I wasn't like over, you know, the moon about it. I wasn't totally sold, but it's like, it was good. I liked it. Um, Maybe I will recommend it to the right person. I'm not going to like blindly recommend it. So, um, and then three is, it was fine. So (laughs) it was okay. Usually this is a book that I considered DNFing during the reading of it. Like maybe I don't like this, but I'm going to stick with it. They had enough for me to stick with it. Um, so it was fine enough for me to finish it, but I really don't have any interest in reading more from the author or, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I tried it. It was fine. I'm moving on. Two is I didn't like it, but maybe I could see some merit for it or I could see that it would be better for somebody else. Like it might be a book that is super plot heavy and I'm just like, I see that this has good writing and you know, it's, Got good things about it, but it's not for me. A one is I actively hated it and I'm real mad. Like um, I am <laughs> mad. <laughs> so one star is I'm writing. Because if I finished it, which means it didn't get a DNF. If I finish this thing and I have to give it one star, then I'm mad because I wasted my time. So yes, that is my very detailed, inefficient scale. <laughs> Dawn's scale consists
1: of... Did not finish, would recommend, would not recommend. That's all I got.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I watched this show um, last week called Hot Mess House on Discovery Plus. So the it's like an organizing show. You know, I like watching people's messy houses get organized. It gives me comfort. So in that show, she talks about different organizing styles and it's based on clutterbug styles. And Dawn is a butterfly, and I am a cricket. And Dawn gets to be pretty and colorful and I don't get to be ugly and noisy, but a cricket is somebody who likes their things detailed and, you know, very intricate, meticulous systems, like organizing systems. Like I'm the type of person when we talk about stickers and washi tape and stuff, like I basically have a filing system for my washi by color and all this. And Dawn is not going to want that. She's going to want to see her washi. She's going to want to have it out in front of her organized, but and pretty, but not probably by shades of color and stuff. I would guess on
1: now, we'll have to put a picture up on the Facebook group of your planner storage organization versus mine mm-hmm. and I would like to point out as a butterfly that means at some point
0: I was a caterpillar and I'm not <laughs> right. sure how I feel about that <laughs> right. still better than a cricket but why why I'm saying it right now is because my rating system is totally cricket your rating system with the three buckets of recommend, not recommend or whatever, like that's totally butterfly. So it makes yes. total sense. Yeah. But okay, so the next thing you have to decide, you put your like basic information, you have or maybe have not put your rating. Um, are you going to write a summary of the book? You know, are you going to just say liked it? Or are you gonna have details about what you liked? So what kind of summary are you gonna do is the next thing you have to tackle. For me, um, I used to just write my feelings about a book like I really liked it or it was fast paced and blah blah blah, but I found that because my memory is so shoddy that I really did need to put a little summary in there, so I will put I really like that. The hero was you know a firefighter I really like that this and this and this, so I can like trigger my memory about the plot and the characters so for me i've had to add a little bit more i've learned over the years that I need to do that because looking back and reading, I loved it. It was great. It was fast-paced. Doesn't tell me what the book was about for me to go and share that with somebody. And sometimes that back cover summary doesn't really capture what I thought the book was about. So I do put a little summary and then my feelings about the book. What about you, Dawn?
1: I do mostly bullet points and maybe some quotes, or I will do a, something I really particularly liked for example, I have found in romance, I do not like a plot about jealousy, mm-hmm. like I'm just not a jealous person. And so I can't really relate to that sometimes. So I don't particularly like it if it's, oh, the ex-girlfriend showed up and now I'm horribly jealous of her and I must get back at her. So I will make a note about, did it contain that? Did it not contain that? As far as things that I like and don't like, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have to summarize the whole plot. I will put in notes about the
0: tropes. Okay. Okay. And what's a trope, Editor Dawns, if if readers don't know what that is?
1: A trope is a basic story thread that we see repeated. Things like um, older brother's best friend or enemies to lovers or fish out of water. Those things that are the patterns to the stories that we're used to seeing. They're just done with a different twist.
0: Right. And some genres are more, more lean towards tropes than others. So romance is a heavy trope genre. Mystery is a heavy trope genre. Suspense can have a lot of tropes. Um, literary fiction is not going to have as many. So that's what that's basically what a trope is. So, and you can add whatever else you want to this. So some of the extras that you might consider is the format of the book. I do actually record that whether I have it, I've read it in paperback or hardcover or audio um, the page count. I told you I, I do that one, the length of the audio book, if it's a book that you own or if you got it from the library so if you like to keep track of what's in your library and what's you know on your uh shelf and all of that that can help i don't have to track that because i keep that on goodreads so i know what i own um the publication date if that's important to you to know if it was like a new release or a backlist book um i don't record that but i could see how that could be helpful and then series or standalone. So if you're, especially if you're reading a long series, you might want to put it's in a series and it's book three of the series um, to keep track of that. And then this is a new thing I um, hadn't thought about, but I heard on, I think Sarah's bookshelves podcast or the currently reading podcast Two two really good bookish podcasts. If y'all want to have added book bookish podcast to your, uh, your list, but recording publisher of who published the book, because there are editors at the publishing companies, right? So those editors have certain taste, just mm-hmm. like Dawn has certain tastes as an editor. Um, so if they're selecting those books to publish, then you can get a feel for their taste If, like, oh, I keep reading books from, you know, source books, or I keep reading books from Berkeley and I'm consistently getting good books from them. Then you might know going forward, like, oh, I can, you know, go to this publisher's, you know, and see that I like what they usually put out. So that may be helpful. But Dawn, I'm guessing you don't want to record any of that.
1: No, I, don't. <laughs> I was looking at that list and I'm like, huh? No, I don't record any of that. I might record if it's a series, if it, what mm-hmm. book it is in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of it doesn't really, is it really important to me.
0: Yeah. And the reading challenges thing, um, you had mentioned that I do those. But what I do, and I'll, I will put pictures on the Facebook page, but for like my read wide challenge, I have a page in my journal that's all these little boxes in like a grid format. And in each one, it has the category that I'm trying to fill. Like if it's horror novel, if it's rom-com, whatever it is, I have a little box for it and I can fill it in um, as I go through, you know, the year. So I do keep pages for that. That's just, on a page by itself and those are usually where I use my stickers and pretty stuff I I try to make those more decorative because I'm going to be looking at that same page all year long I want it to be pretty um Dawn do you do reading challenges
1: this is where I make my confession of being a reading challenge failure um I do not I've tried and I do so much reading for work that when I have a moment where I get to read something that's not for work I don't want to be told what that needs to be Mm -hmm. So I've done the reading challenge before of I'm going to read X number of books in a year. And that's where I started failing to record books. And I don't have any idea. I know I read more than six books in that year, but I don't have any idea what they were and which ones were for work and which ones weren't. So no, I am a reading challenge failure.
0: Feel shame. (laughs) It's not a failure. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's definitely a personality thing too. I, I can rebel against things like that. So if it's somebody else's challenge, I can kind of, my personality wants to rebel and say, no, I don't have to read that. Just like you're saying, I don't want to be forced to read that. But if I design the reading challenge myself, I tend to keep my own commitment to myself. So, and that's because I pick the categories. So I know that I am going to like, you know, these different categories. I don't have to read something that I'm normally not going to read. Although in my read wide challenge, I do try to pick things that are a little bit of a push for me that I normally wouldn't reach for, but that I'm going to try But I don't pick something that I know like I don't like X, Y, or Z. Like I'm not gonna put that. So your your mileage may vary, but if you find like doing other people's reading challenges is frustrating to you, make your own. Like just Mm -hmm. you can make it can be I wanna read all my TDR, you know, of this or a portion of it, or I am a book of the month club member and I wanna read at least six of my book of the month club books this year, whatever it is. So you can customize everything. And that gives you a reason to make a decorative page in your journal. (laughs) So um, and also I would say in the journal, an important thing, I think, and Don, I don't know, you may differ on so many things, but I think keeping a running list at the front. So if you're going to start your journal, keep a few pages blank so that you can keep that running list because you don't know how much you're going to read that year. Usually in my journal, it's like three pages will give me enough space um, to do it. But, and I read a lot, but if you have that, that can act like your index or your table of contents. My one regret in mine is that I didn't put next to the list of the book, the page number of where the review is. And now that we're doing this podcast and I have to go back and find those reviews, having to flip through, like they're in order when I read them in the year. So I can look up on Goodreads that I read this in July of 2019 and kind of get an idea in general where it's at in the book. But it's like flipping, flipping, flipping. So when I'm bored one day, you know, in all my <laughs> infinite free time, <laughs> free time um, I'd like to go back to my list and go and put the page numbers next to each book so I can easily flip to that page and look at the review. So if you're just starting one, um, that's a tip to start doing that now, um, because it can really, if you're going to access your reading journal on a, on the regular, I think that could be really helpful.
1: Well, and I'm learning from that because you all will see when you see the pictures of my reading journals that at the beginning of the book of the notebook I'm using, there's a space for important dates. And so I just wash it over that and I'm making that a table of content And I made sure that for the ones that I've already journaled, that I did number the pages at the bottom, so I'm keeping I'm keeping track of that.
0: We should also mention that washi is paper tape. So I think we talk to each other like we like everybody (laughs) knows what washi tape is. But if you go to Michaels or Joanne's or Hobby Lobby, there are these little rolls of paper tape that are removable, but they're decorative, and um, you can and they're wonderful, and you should have some. Yes. Or many many rolls of it. Yes, <laughs> I like, guess I have two two drawerfuls. But okay, and the beauty of this is if you start your system, you know, and you're recording this, that, and the other, and you realize I want to add things or I want to change or this is too much or too little, you can change it along the way. So that's the beauty of having your own journal. You can just switch your system. Um, it is, you know, very flexible. I guess is the best word for it.
1: Well, and that goes with what we've been talking about with this whole podcast is this is about learning what works for you Mm -hmm. and what you enjoy. And so if you set up a system and you realize three books in, I hate this. I feel like I'm filling out a book report. I want to try a different system. You learned, and that is absolutely fine. You did not fail at that system. Your parents do not need to initial it. You don't have to turn it in at the end of the semester. You set that Flip those pages, clip them together and start new or go buy yourself a brand new notebook and start over. That's allowed too.
0: (laughs) Right. And you'll find your your style too. So you might find that you like lots of decoration and you like stickers and that's what makes you go journal. Like that's the motivation to go do it is you get to play with the stickers. Um, Or you might find like me where... I love stickers in my planner and I love different pens and stuff, but in my book journal, I'm pretty bare bones and I like white space. I like it to be very standardized. So I had to learn that along the way because I would have thought, Oh, I'm going to decorate every page and make it a theme and you know, whatever. But I, that's not what worked for me. So I ended up going pretty basic. I use colored pens, but that's as fancy as I pretty much get with the actual review. So, um, and Dawn's is, I saw a picture of hers and it's gorgeous, y'all. You should go and like, look at the pictures um, that we're going to post because she has all these pretty flower stickers and her handwriting's really nice. And, you know, it's, it's really pretty. Well, thank you. <laughs> and when we started talking about doing
1: this journaling, it never crossed my mind that it wouldn't have stickers and washi <laughs> and it wouldn't, I'm not just going to write something. It has to be, but I'm a very visual person. Mm -hmm. And so I like being able to represent that different ways. So y'all will will get to see all the fun stuff that we did. So let's talk a little bit about the idea of doing this physically with the stickers and the washi and the colored pens versus doing it digitally.
0: Yeah, because we know not everybody is going to want to have the notebook. I don't know who you people are (laughs) that don't want notebooks, but I know you exist out there and that's okay. Um, but there are digital options. So if you find like this whole carrying a notebook or keeping it, you know, at my bedside table, is just not going to work for me. Maybe you have toddlers who are going to destroy your notebooks and you can't trust them, you know, in your house, whatever it is, um, you can do all kinds of digital options. And then there's also pre-made options for physical books. Like if you're not a person who wants to do all the decorating and you don't want to have to kind of start from scratch with something, there are some pre-made options. So we're going to talk about a couple of those, um, First, the digital thing, if you want to get like completely, you know, straightforward, easy peasy, just do an Excel spreadsheet. You know, you have your categories on your list. You can sort it by whatever you want to sort it, alphabetize it, sort it by the, you know, date that you read it. You can always add to it. You can have different tabs for each year. There's all kinds of fun things you can do with that. I use an Excel spreadsheet um, for my TDR recently. That's a new thing but I'm doing helping to record where I heard about the book because you know, I told you I was recording my recommendations where they came from. So the problem is when I get to the finishing a book, I might not remember who recommended it to me. So I have to record that when I first hear about the book. So when I hear about a book on a podcast, I'll go and quickly put in that Excel spreadsheet, blah, 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 book recommended from this podcast so that whenever I read it a year from now, whatever, whatever, I'll be able to go look back and say, okay, I got the recommendation from here. So whatever you want to do in Excel, however, I'm not an Excel professional, but there there's like all kinds of fancy things you can do. Well, and I'm just going to interrupt for a
1: minute and say, if any of you ever hear me say the words, I created an Excel
0: spreadsheet, I have been kidnapped and I am signaling (laughs) for help. Right. And I will say that, um, that one of the podcasts I mentioned earlier is Sarah's Bookshelves Live. She has a, um, an Excel spreadsheet that you can buy from her for, to record your reading. And it like accumulates all these statistics about what percentage of the genres you've read and what publishers percentage. And I mean, y'all, for me who likes detailed, meticulous things, even though I'm not a digital person, I was like, Ooh, <laughs> so I totally have the spreadsheet and have been playing with it. Um, so I found that my, what I've read most this year is memoirs. So that was interesting. Memoirs and essay that's collection. Interesting. Right. But it's so meticulous. I'm going to have to show it to Dawn next time she comes to my house because she would literally have a panic attack with you. <laughs>
1: Yes. No, <laughs> I'm exactly- just listening to you talk about it. I'm like, why do you need that? But I think that's something we probably need to put the link to in the show notes because yes. there are people out in the world that, you know,
0: that's going to be totally their jam. And we accept that. We accept all readers. And I think the appeal for that for me is I like input, so knowing all the statistical parts of it, you know, feeds kind of that part of myself. But I have um, enjoyed fooling with that. It wouldn't replace my reading journal though; it's for a different purpose. So, but if you like pie charts, <laughs> there is. Don's laughing at <slap> me. <laughs> so, but also there are um, pre-made journals that you can get. So. This is, I mean, if you search reading journal online, you're going to come up with a whole bunch of them. And I'm always attracted to these because a lot of them are really pretty. And then when I open them up, they don't record things I want or the space isn't enough for me to write in or whatever. So I haven't quite found one yet that, that has taken me away from my homemade one. Um, Modern Star Starseeds just coming out with it. I don't know if it's out yet or if it just came out, but hers is called My Reading Life. And I looked at the preview on um, Amazon on it. And actually she does record a lot of the stuff that I record. So that one looks nicely laid out. So if you want something that's just like prefab, you can order it and start immediately. um, That might be an option for you. But yeah, the other ones usually it's too restrictive for me that I can't add stuff, you know, like they have what they want you to record. And, you know, I might not want to record that.
1: Well, and we need to mention that Ronnie Loren has
0: a free reading journal on your website. I do. So I put together, mine is romance reading specific. Um, You could use it for other, you know, books and purposes. So it's fine if you're not a romance reader, but there are some romance specific things in there um, for romance readers. But all you have to do is sign up for my handy dandy newsletter and you get it for free. So this is just a printable document. You can put it in a binder and it has all of your little categories. And there are ratings that you can fill in because... People should rate books. But um, so you could if, ignore that part if you don't like them. <laughs> but if you want something prefab and free, because that's the only free option we have listed, um, just go to my website, which is com, and go to newsletter. And I, I might even have a tab for reading journal. I don't know. But it's easy to find and it will send you in your inbox. So
1: well, and the best journal is the one that you're going to use. So whatever works for you. And I have a little notebook that I just keep next to um, where I'm working and where I'm reading that I just jot down little ideas in it. And then when I have time to go back, then I make my big pretty spreads.
0: Yeah. And that, that leads us into kind of tips for journaling because when you first start, it can seem a little overwhelming or it's easy to forget, like you've read the book, especially if you're a voracious reader who jumps from book to book pretty quickly, you'll forget to go and write it down. So my recommendation is try to write your review within forty eight hours because that feeling that gut punch feeling that a book gives you only lasts for a little while and so you're when you're freshest is when you're going to write the best um, most accurate review now I'm saying that with a little star next to it because sometimes I read a book and I'm not sure how I feel about it yet like it's one of those books that I have to think about and if i wrote the review right then i might have a different rating than if i wrote the review in 2 days so sometimes i'll know like okay i need to think about this one a little bit more and i don't know how i feel about this book i actually just read one like that i'm not going to mention it cuz i don't know yet how i feel about it <laughs> but it was like it was good but there were some things that were concerning to me but it was good so i like you know i don't know what i want to put for it yet so i'll have to chew on that but in general i recommend getting in the system where when you finish a book And I feel it's kind of rewarding. Like when you finish a book, you're like, ooh, now I get to go write it in my reading journal. So to me, that's very like reinforcing, but maybe I'm like a dog with treats. I don't know. (laughs) So Dawn, are you going to try to write yours like pretty soon after?
1: Well, like I said, I make notes as I'm going. And part of that's a professional, I make notes as I'm reading what I'm working on anyway. And I finished a book recently that as soon as I finished it, I had the thought of, oh, I need to write down these three things really quick. And so I just, I have an everything notebook that I keep close to me at all times. And I just quickly made a couple of uh, notes about it. That way, when I do go back and put it in my full-size notebook and um, in my full-size reading journal that I already know it's
0: there to trigger that. Oh yeah, you want to be sure to mention this. Yeah. And you can use whatever tools you want. Um, like if you're reading and you're not near your journal or you finish an audiobook and you and know, you're on the way to the grocery store or whatever and you're trying to remember things, Just use your phone. Your phone is your friend. So you can use the notes app, which is the easiest, but I like the app. It's called, I think it's called Pensieve, but it's P-E-N-S-I-E-V-E. It's an app I use for a lot of things, but you literally open it. It's just one space and you can type in whatever you want and hit send and it automatically emails it to you. So you email yourself. It's quicker than emailing yourself through your email Mm -hmm. form. So it's like super quick, open, type, send, and it's in my inbox and it makes whatever you wrote the subject of the email. So it's easy to see like what you were trying to do. So I'll do this a lot of times if, you know, I'm not able to get to my reading journal or I know I'm, you know, not going to be able to write it down for a while. I'll just kind of jot down my notes and email myself so that when I do get to it, I have, I have something to start from. And we can put that link in the show notes. Yes. We'll put that link in the show notes for that app. So that app is helpful for all kinds of things. I use it all the time. So, and I think it's also important
1: to talk about not getting bogged down in the Instagram bullet journal perfectionism, (laughs) the idea that these people have way more artistic talent than you and you don't know that they're actually using stencils. (laughs) This is for you. It can look as sloppy as you want it to. It can look as beautiful as you want it to. You don't ever have to put a picture up
0: of it if you don't want to let that go. Yeah, and... That's why I hesitated. I'm going to say, if you would like inspiration, you can go search hashtag reading journal on Instagram and you'll see a bunch of reading journals, but just know that the ones that are voted up the most that are gonna come up you know, as the top ones are people that are really good at it, at making it look artistic. So don't feel like yours has to be that. And when you go on our site and look at our pictures, you'll see that ours are very different looking. Mine is very basic. So it's what's gonna please you, what's gonna make you wanna go use it. So if that is calligraphy and stickers and all that, then do that. Um, if it's, I just want it to be neat so that I could read it, you know, then do that. So yeah, no one has to see it. If you only want to use a black Bic pen and a regular white mead notebook, it's fine. But it's it okay. It doesn't have to be the fancy ones, although the fancy ones are very nice. Yes. Let's talk about all the fun stuff, all the supplies. So this is going to get a little detailed, you guys. <laughs> so feel free. Um, to get different supplies but I know for me when I'm putting something together I like to know what other people use so we're gonna put all the links in the show notes so if you don't catch something when you're listening to this because I'm gonna mispronounce almost all of my supplies <laughs> so, and absolutely.
1: we are always open to new supplies mm-hmm. and so after we get done with this list if you want to go to the Facebook page and say like oh y'all are missing out because you need to try x y and z we are totally down with trying x y and z let us know
0: Yes, Dawn and I belong to a, a group of writers who just as planners and paper, pencils, pens and things like that's the whole Facebook group purpose is to talk about stickers and planners and stuff. So we always are ready to hear about more planner supplies or cool pens and all of those things. But um, the first is you need a notebook, right? If you're doing this in a physical form. So mine that I've used for the whole time. So I have just to give you an idea, I started in 2016. I read somewhere between 50 and 70 books a year. And I'm in my third one, just starting my third one in the last month or two. So these will last you a long time. Because I'm saying that because they're like 20 bucks for a notebook. So, um, but I use the, this is what I'm going to mispronounce, the Leich term or Lech term 1917 journal. It's A5 dot grid for those that are nerdy bullet journal people. Um, and it's a hardcover. So if you're familiar with like Moleskine, it's it's similar. I just like the lectrum better, but um, it's a hardcover midsize notebook with the little elastic thing that keeps it closed. I get a different color each time. So I have a gray a maroon and a navy blue one. And usually I'll take one sticker and put it on the cover um, to make it look a little personalized. So I'm going to show it online, but this is mine. So it just it's a wild very hard. Yeah, so I just use one little sticker to make it personalized, but those have worked for me the whole time. Great paper, and they're pretty to look at. Well,
1: and I love spiral notebooks. I Spiral notebooks are my thing. I don't particularly get into um, notebooks that aren't spiral because I the way I hold my um, pen and the way I hold my paper when I write, I need to turn them. Uh, I actually prefer top spirals because of the way I hold them. But uh, for this, I go, oh, and I need a full size piece of paper. I write large and I need space to work. So for this, I actually splurged and ordered from Plum Paper a specialized notebook that we will put pictures of. And I actually made my uh, college age daughter help me do an unboxing because I've never <laughs> done an unboxing. So we'll put all that on the Facebook page.
0: So I have my um, special Dawn's Rad Reading Journal. And Plum Paper is really nice because you can personalize a lot of parts of the Plum Paper. I've used them for planners before. And if you're into really, really nice paper, like really thick paper that you can use, you know, felt tip pens and things on that's not going to bleed through, they have great paper. So I, um, I haven't used them for a reading journal, but I, I really do like their products. Um, and then speaking of pens... I have special pins that I use just for my journal. Also, of, I know course, you shocked.
1: Do. <laughs> of course you do.
0: And strangely enough, it's not pins I would use anywhere else. So like, I don't like how they write long-term. I like how they write for this journal. So yes, I'm not specific, but I like the Stabilo fine liners. There's, you can get on Amazon. It's called like a wallet of it. It rolls up. So it's 25 colors and it just rolls up and you kind of have a little strap around it. But I think they're like $20 or something, but I have had the same set since 2016, and they are still working. They still have ink in them. Like I said, I use them just for the journal, but they haven't dried out. Um, So I've had really good experience with them, and they don't bleed through the paper. Now the paper in the the journal is pretty good, so it's not going to bleed through, and I don't write on the backs of the pages. So I have a strong preference not to have stuff on the back, even so it doesn't bleed through, but those are my main pens I use. And then I use um, zebra mild liners. So like a highlighter, but milder. And they're so their pastel colors they are not as bright as um, like a regular highlighter would be. And I don't use those for my regular reviews, but I usually um, use those when I'm doing like my reading challenge pages or a special page or something. I'll use the highlighter to kind of make little bars of color, you know, on the page. So what are your pen preferences, Dawn?
1: Well, we have to pause for just a minute because I just had another one of those like epiphany moments of this entire time. I have thought it was zebra midliners. Oh, yeah. And I have thought, I don't know what it means that it's a midliner. Like, I don't know why mild liner makes so
0: much more sense. You're making me question myself. I think that's what they're called. We can cut that part out. That's fine. No, it's okay. I'm pulling one out. It is a mild liner. Yes. And I own some. They, I. (laughs) they're here somewhere on my desk and I'm sitting here
1: thinking oh that makes so much more sense (laughs) (laughs) so my favorite pens are friction pens I love being able to erase I love the colors of friction pens I prefer out of I've tried all the different kinds that they have my favorite is the click um, I guess Mm 0.7 friction pens I also use their highlighters because I like being able to erase. Erasing is important. Now, if you're not familiar with friction pins, they erase using heat. And that concerns people sometimes about, Ronnie is raising her hand. Yes, it, that concerns, me. it concerns people about if you were to store the notebook, how long, you know, would it, especially with us being in Texas, if I put one of these notebooks in my attic, it would be completely blank by like August. So I'm kind of, I'm aware of that, but they're still my favorites.
0: Yeah. That's why I don't use um, those. I'm terrified of that whole, like possibly erasing, but also because I like a really, really fine tipped pen. So Mm -hmm. those are a little thick for me. Like my pen tip that my everyday pen is 0.38. So I want like super extra fine lines. And those fine liners that I mentioned are, are super fine lined. just because I write, small in the reading journal and so a thick pen would not work well for me but I also use um, to fill in my little boxes for my reading journal I use the Statler Ergosoft colored pencils which is 24 I also have had those since 2016 they're still working and they just you know it's a good colored pencil so you can get any color pencil you want but they have a lot of different colors so that's why I liked those and then um Because Dawn has just discovered templates, I'll recommend the template that I use. It's also Statler. Um, And it's just a geometric shape and symbol, like little green, probably used for like geometry class or, you know, architect class stencil. So really cheap. You can get it on Amazon and it has circles of different sizes and squares of different sizes, triangles, and then a straight edge. So I use that for making the reading challenge pages. I have circles and squares on that. And then the straight edge thing, you don't have to have a stencil for that. Like if you just need a straight edge of some sort. So any kind of thick cardstock bookmark. I love the book of the month book club bookmarks because they have a really thick cardstock. So I have one that I keep tucked into my journal and that's what I use as my straight edge. But um, yeah, you can keep it as simple as you want. Well, and for the colored pencils, I haven't used the ones that you mentioned. I will
1: totally check into those. My favorite are the Prisma colors, and they are a little bit on the expensive side, but they are amazing. I love them. They do have sets that come with erasers, and I use those in my planner all the time because my schedule changes, and I like to color in my boxes with my colored pencils, and then if somebody cancels, I can erase it. What I noticed with the plum paper is that those don't show up very well on the paper because the paper is kind of slick. So it doesn't hold on to the, um, that particular, it holds on to the Prismacolors, but it doesn't hold on to the erasable ones as much. And I think this, again, is going to highlight the difference in our personality because I mentioned that I have stencils coming this weekend and my stencils are all, Mine are not just geometric shapes. My stencils are all things like butterflies and balloons and pumpkins and...
0: 100% would never think to order that stencil.
1: (laughs) And I spent an amazing amount of time deciding on which <laughs> stencils that I wanted because I was looking at them and I'm like oh that is a girl playing tennis I don't I won't ever need a girl playing tennis but this one has somebody who's cooking and I read those cozy mysteries that how somebody's always baking so I could totally use that over in the corner
0: yeah thoughts that literally would never cross my mind like mine is it's seriously circles and squares and triangles <laughs> like that is all that it is but I'm a minimalist in a lot of things in my decorating style. And I think in my stenciling, I am now also considered <laughs> a minimalist. But in addition to stencils, you can use stickers. And I have a lot of stickers, you guys, like lots and lots and lots of stickers. But I use them for my planner. So a very few stickers go in my reading journal. I usually use them as a label, like a label sticker or something. Um, but decorative stickers are probably like just on my reading challenge pages not on my review pages. So I'm pretty bare bones still in my regular pages. Well, and you all will see when you see
1: my planner that I have stickers everywhere and washi tape is my most favorite thing ever.
0: Yeah. I love washi too. Once again, it's not in my journal. I think it's because with the, um, the size journal I have, if I was using lots of stickers and washi tape, it would get really thick because mm-hmm. it thickens your page. Um, cause like my planner at the end of the year, I can't shut my planner at the end of the year because it has so many stickers and washi tape things and all of that. So I think I want my reading journal, like to stay tucked away and neat and you know, that, that little cute journal. So that's why I don't want to add too many layers of things, but like Dawn has a plum paper notebook. So that has room to stretch. It's a spiral. It's not, yes, like I got that's all the pack. space,
1: mm-hmm. all the space for all the washi, all the stickers.
0: Yes. So those are our main products we use and tips we use for reading journals. We hope that you're inspired um, to go and make your own. And we'd love to see pictures if you already have one, or if you're going to put one together, like, you know, share them with us. You can find us, you know, in the Facebook group, you can find us on Instagram. Um, I'm at Ronnie Lauren, Dawn, you're at Don Alexander books, right? Yes. Yes. So tag us if you're posting your reading journal, just tag us to show us your, your reading journal, because I love looking at that stuff. Uh, but at the end of the day, you can write it in a notebook that's plain and you don't have to have any pressure to make it pretty. You don't have to show us. So, because we did harp on the fact that it's private. So you can show us if you want, but we are not going to make you show us, but we hope that will enhance your reading life and, you know, upgrade it, which is what our purpose was at the start. So now we're at, since this was a low book recommendation episode, we get to actually give you book recs now for our rad rec readings of the week. And if you're just joining us for the first time, our Rad Reading Wrecks are the books that would get five stars usually, or maybe 4.75 and above for me. But these are the books that I loved, and these are the books that Dawn loved that we want to put, you know, on your shelf. So Dawn, what is your Rad Reading Wreck of the Week?
1: Well, my wreck for this week is a little bit different because it's technically a writer book, and it is Dear Writer, Are You in Burnout by Becca Sign? and of course, We love all things Becca Syme. We will talk about her probably frequently. But what's very important in this book is she talks a lot about finding what creates energy for you. If you are in burnout and you are barely slogging it through the day, what do you love? And what builds up that feeling of, okay, I can keep going? And she refers to it as energy pennies because she talks about how you only have so many pennies to spend. And when they're out, you have to create more before you can keep going on something. And I think it's important when we're talking about these reading upgrades and we're talking about things that are going to make your reading life fun. And when you sit back and look at it from the idea of we're grownups talking about playing with notebooks and stickers and markers and that kind of stuff, it can feel kind of frivolous. But for me, that absolutely is creating energy pennies. That absolutely is taking something I love, which is reading and talking about books and giving me a chance to do something really fun with it, with the other stuff that I love, which is colors and pictures and markers. And that's creating something that's going to give me energy to make it through the fact that I have a mountain of laundry sitting on my bed right now.
0: Right. And I think that also, I love that book. And I think even if you're not a writer, just the concept of burnout and knowing how to fill back, you know, fill your jar back in with, with energy pennies is important. And that goes with the reading journals, if it's stressing you out, if this is something that doesn't bring you joy, then ditch it, because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be fun. So if it's not fun for you, then don't don't do it, you know, so it's, it's fine. But yeah, I love that book. So that's a great recommendation. Um, mine, actually, I'm sort of themed with Dawn, because mine is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. So this is the Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. I'm sure most people know who she is. Um, And this isn't a writing specific book, but it's a creative life specific book. So it's all about living a creative life, how to, you know, kind of go easy on yourself if you, you know, are blocked or I read this when I was in a deep writer's block and it really, it was like the whole big magic thing. It was magic for me, like reading it. It was like just what I needed to hear at the time of I had written whatever year that I read it, I had written like 400,000 words that year. And it was like back-to-back-to-back book releases. And for me, who's a slow writer, that's a lot of words in a year. Um, So I couldn't write the next book. And I was like brainstorming with Dawn every day and trying to get it out. And it just wasn't there. And partly it was because I had no energy pennies, speaking of Dawn's book. But it was also because I had just like sucked all of that creativity dry and hadn't been giving myself a break to like replenish and, you know, enjoy the process of writing had become the job instead of like oh I want to write stories I used to do this for fun without getting paid and now it's become this thing that you know is like a pressure but I pull a couple of quotes because I put quotes um, in my reading journal for this one well actually it was on my blog I think too so but it'll give you an idea of what the book's about because even if you're not a writer if you are a reader you're probably also a creative person in some part of your life whether that's crafting or you know, painting or what, you know, maybe you're a writer too. I don't know. So whatever it is, we all have things that are cooking, cooking, you know, as a creative outlet. So whatever your creative thing is, I think you can get something from this book. But one of the quotes is, and what if people absolutely hate what you've created? What if people attack you with savage vitriol and insult your intelligence and malign your motives and drag your good name through the mud? Just smile sweetly and suggest as politely as possibly, as politely as you possibly can, that they can go make their own effing art, then stubbornly continue making yours. So that was important to me because it was what we were talking about with reviews and people posting their stuff and it all looking great and, you know, getting feedback from people. Sometimes you don't need to hear everybody else's feedback because it's really easy to get feedback. It's really hard to make things. So if you're making something, you know, keep that in mind. And then this other one I love too was, why should I go through all this trouble to make something if the outcome might be nothing? Because it's fun, isn't it? Anyhow, what else are you gonna do with your time here on earth? Not make things, not do interesting stuff, not follow your love and curiosity. So I love that as a life philosophy. Like I am big on, we only have one chance here as far as we know. So if you wanna make something, if you wanna write a book, if you wanna you know write a play, if you wanna go learn, how my husband learned how to play guitar in his forties and is in a band now. Like whatever it is that you wanna do, live that big magic life. Um, So if you need that kind of inspiration in your life, I love this book for that. I've listened to it on audio. Like I, I never read read books hard. I mean, it's very rare. So with the fact that I read this and then also listened to it in audio, um, a couple of years later, just shows you how much I love the book. But Elizabeth Gilbert has a very soothing, um, comforting voice to listen to. So it's like your big sister, like telling you good advice about life. Um, so if you're into audiobooks, it's a really good one to listen on audio as well. Have you read that one Don? I have started that one. And that was one that I put on my
1: not for now shelf Mm -hmm. because not because I wasn't interested in the book I was, and then life kind of took over and it got pushed to the side.
0: Yeah. And I will say at the beginning, she kind of gets very woo woo about like ideas, having a life of their own and attaching to people. And so if you're a little freaked out by the woo woo stuff, just read past that because it's not the whole book. It's just the beginning of her philosophy about it, the rest of it. Um, is different so if you you know feel weird about ideas attaching to you like you know leeches or something (laughs) you can skip past that Um, but so those are our red reading recs for the week we'll add them to the list on the website Um, but I think that's it we finished our our reading upgrade episode Dawn I'm so
1: excited about this. I'm so excited to work on my reading journal, especially because I got those stickers in the mail right before we started. <laughs> so that's totally what I'm doing this afternoon. And that kind of leads into what you were just talking about with the audiobook, that our next episode is going to be a read, watch, listen episode.
0: Yes. So we're going to give you all of our best books that we read this month, all of the TV shows or movies we watched that were great. Um, and then if we've listened listen to any audiobooks or music or anything um, that would fall into the listening category. So I used to do this on my blog. Well, I still do it on my blog, but um, it's a really fun thing to do at the end of each month to kind of bring together all of those good, good reads and good watching experiences. So that'll be next. And then after that will be our Halloween episode, which I told Dom we need six hours for based on how many book recommendations <laughs> I've put on the list so far. So <laughs> that might be an extra special long episode, but that will be, one following that. So lots of good stuff coming up. Yes. And we really appreciate y'all being here with us. We really appreciate y'all listening. And we'd really love if you would share us with your friends and those reviews on Apple podcasts. Um, they really do help people find the show because if you put reviews, it, it puts you higher in the search. So if you want to, you know, if the spirit moves you, if you find us interesting enough to listen to, and you'd like to leave us a review, um, we'd really appreciate it. Um, And then if you want to find us online, we are, like I said, on Instagram, and I'll put that in the show notes. We have our own websites. We have the Facebook group for this podcast. So all kinds of places. We're very accessible and we like to talk to people. So, well, Dawn likes to talk to people. I like to talk to people online. (laughs) I like to talk to people any way I can. So you can always talk to me. Right. So, Thanks for listening to us and sticking with us all the way through this episode about our nerdy, nerdy hobby. Um, And until next time, we hope every book that you pick up is rad reading. Bye. Bye.